<laughs> yes, he runs like he is shot out of a cannon. Yo, 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 what up, dogs? And welcome to episode number 74 of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panter, and as always, I'm here with my pal in real life, but my foe in fantasy, Nathan Nate Dog McDonald. It's time to rank the best position in football, fellas. Yes, we are going to be doing the running back position. It is a position that is ever changing, at least changing currently. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're getting less and less workhorse backs every year, but still incredibly important. Uh, those guys that do get that load or are able to put up those fantasy points can completely win your leagues like no other position. So let's jump into it. Uh, really not much news, Nate. There's a couple things you wanted to mention. Uh, I mean, really only one like significant, signing or semi-significant signing, but Jarek McKinnon got re-signed to the Chiefs. Um, I think personally think that spells big trouble for Clyde. Um, I know you think a little bit differently. Um, I believe you have him ranked in this episode, so we'll get to that when you pull up his name. But other than that, that's uh, that's about all there is for news, unless you want to talk about all the hype that's in the, in the preseason right now, which there's plenty of. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's fun to watch the catches people make and, and all, but all this, it gets so overblown and so hyped and it's just not worth really speculating on. But yeah, I mean, you know, the McKinnon news, you know, I don't think it's going to be as significant. I mean, he was there last year. He did get some work in the playoffs, but, um, you know, might've had some injuries earlier in the season, but really didn't factor in very much. And it hasn't factored in much on any team he's been on for the past several years. A lot of that again, due to injury, but um, you know, uh, I don't really see this any different for Clyde. Don't get me wrong. I'm not as high on Clyde as I used to be. I'm not sitting here standing for Clyde, but I just don't think the Jared McKinnon, I'm much more concerned about the Rojo news and think Rojo is going to be the guy eating into their load, but I think it'll be him and Rojo on the field most of the time, but we shall see. Well, like you said, we're going to talk about him. So maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse here, but, um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, we're going to do it like we did last time. We're going to break it down into groups of three. We're going to do, be doing 30, our top 30 running backs. And, of course, these rankings are PPR. We play in, in full PPR leagues for the most part. I have a couple of half PPR leagues, but uh, most part full PPR. Um, we do have a uh, 0.1 per carry, which doesn't factor in too much at the end of the day, but it does you know, add a little bit of points different to what you may be looking at. So uh, that's what we're, we're going to be ranking uh, these guys off of. And Nate, without further ado, who are your top three RBs in Dynasty Fantasy Football? Yes. Uh, number one is easy. It's Jonathan Taylor. Um, he's the ideal blend of everything, athleticism, age, uh, production that he's already had. I mean, his, the season he just had, he was the best running back in football. And I don't, I don't know if that's going to change for a while. Um, he's, he's just an absolute beast. So um, yeah, Taylor should be the auto number one pick here. Number two is, you know, a little bit more contentious, but uh, I think you got to go with Najee Harris. Um, you know, there's been some rumble about, Oh, he's going to have reduced workload and everything like that next year. Look, they could reduce his workload by 80%, and I still think he's going to be perfectly fine. He'll be a top five back because he's still going to get a ton of volume, 
and he's he's by far the best running back they have. I mean, when he's healthy, which he all pretty much always is, and he's ready to go, he like are who are you going to put in if he's ready to go? Him or Benny Snell? Like it's he gives you the best chance to win, so he's going to get the ball most of the time. So yeah, I think his efficiency will increase. So I think some of that will offset um, you know any decrease in workload he may have. And there's going to actually be a threat of the deep ball, so that should help keep defenses a little more honest than they were last year with uh, Noodle Arm Big Ben. So so yeah, uh, Najee is still uh, number two for me, pretty firm there. And then number three was tough for me, but I will go with Mr. DeAndre Swift. Uh, he is a young back that is absolutely electric. And he can be a PPR gem when he's healthy. So, uh, yeah, just the problem is he hasn't put together a full season yet at all. Uh, and he, he tends to get nicked up quite a bit. Like even some of the games he plays, he will, you know, be hurt in. So I would like to see him put in a full season. Uh, you know, this is a little bit of a risky pick here because I could see him as a guy that, you know, they just can't give more than, you know, 15 to 20 at max touches to. But, um, yeah, I just – I don't see him as a guy like Najee where you, you can give it to him 20, 25 times and he's going to handle that workload just fine. I mean, we just haven't seen it from him. So so that's why he falls to number three, but still an excellent running back to get and build your dynasty roster on. Well, damn. We're not going to have any disagreements in our first three rankings here. Oh, uh, boy. Yes. Reason prevails. Yeah, I kind of teased Nate. I was acting like I was going to put Swift first over Najee. Then I was teasing him even more, acting like I was going to put him over JT. But no, I can't do either one of those things. With him and Najee, it is super, super close for me. It's another one of those things, like I always mention, where like they're so close in that tier that if I was doing two drafts, I'd draft one and then draft the other. But I do think just the size that Najee has, he does have an extra 30 pounds almost on – DeAndre Swift so you know that kind of speaking to your injury concerns I understand that at least making me a little bit less concerned now look the running back position is the most injury prone we all know this last year was especially devastating uh I don't in fact the way I tried to rank these is I tried to take injury out of the equation because in my mind you know, running backs almost have an equal chance of getting hurt. Now there are some guys that are repeat offenders that we start to get a little iffy about, but that being said, I'm not knocking anybody really in these rankings, especially for injury. I don't know if you did it the same way, Nate, but I do just want to throw that out there. But um, you know, I don't think Deandre Swift is any more injury prone than any other running back. And, and, and so I'm not really concerned with that, but Nate does have a point. He has two seasons in the NFL so far and hasn't didn't play 16 games the first season, didn't play 17 games this past year. In fact, this past year he missed four games. But mm. uh, uh, and it was kind of like on and off throughout the season, which is always a little bit more annoying than like a just one block of them missing and you know they're back after that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but no, we have the same rankings there. Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, number two, and De uh, DeAndre Swift, number three for me. Nice, nice. Well, do you want me to give the next group or you want to go first? I guess I'll jump back in here. Um, this this group again. This this was relatively easy. I think all of these guys are close enough in a tier where I'm not mad if any of them are ranked above the other. Uh, there's one that Nate might disagree with me on, but we will see. Uh, maybe all of them. Uh, but number four for me is still gonna be the hype man himself. Never seen more hype surround the man, but uh, Javante Williams. He's gonna come in at number four for me. 
I know that Melvin Gordon came back. It's a one-year contract that we thought last year would be the last year. But look, he was still, you know, especially towards the end of the season and especially in the games where he did get the workload to himself, incredibly effective. We saw, you know, his yards per carry, his pass catching was better than I thought it was going to be coming out of school. So just he he really um, surprised me. I mean, I was high on him coming out, but as, especially in the pass catching game, I, I really thought he would be more of a tandem back. And maybe this year he will be, but I do think he has the ability to, to really – shoulder that load and be, you know, a full three down back, um, you know, whether Melvin Gordon gets injured or whether he's gone after this next year. But at the end of the day, I, I do think he's going to get more work than last year. I think he's going to have a better season than last year. Last year, I have him uh, finishing at uh, 18 um, at overall. And, uh, you know, he did play all the games, but so, so that's maybe not as good as you want it to be, but it, the thing about it was the, the few games where Melvin Gordon was out, you knew it was a lock and load play and he never disappointed in those moments. And again, I think it's, it's gonna He's going to probably in my mind be a top, you know, 13, 14 back, maybe a top 12 back this year. I think he'll get that much more of the workload. And of course, Russell Wilson, as the leader of that offense, will result in more touchdown scores um, and, you know, make that a better offense overall. So uh, at number five, again, I took injury out of the equation. And if I didn't, it would be hard to know where to rank this man, but it's Christian McCaffrey. He still is an absolute cheat code uh, you know, he's not crazy old. I believe he's going to be 25 this season, but he is just a guy that can win your league if he's healthy. And again, you know, I know that it's been two years that that has not been the case, but, uh, you know, by all appearances, he seems to be okay. Neither one of the injuries are things that, uh, you know, would make me feel like he can't come back the same as he was before the injuries. And, uh, you know, obviously last year in the games he did play, he still was uh, in points per game. Uh, what, number two overall? Uh, no, he was actually RB6 in RB6. points per game. Okay, okay. So, yeah, 18, uh, so, so a little bit less. But, uh, but, you know, still, you know, I remember games where he scored 30, uh, 34 points or something like that. I mean, he uh, still has that upside. And there's still not really anybody there to replace him. Uh, they did bring in uh, Deontay or DeAndre Foreman. Deontay. Uh, yep. You had it right the first time. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. De- De- Deontay Foreman didn't feel right, but I guess it was. And uh, so, you know, um, got to f- factor that in a little bit, but I think it's honestly just more of a Chuba Hubbard replacement because Chuba Hubbard kind of sucked last year. Um, and then my number six is the rookie, my man, Mr. Brees Hall. I know he hasn't hit the field yet, uh, but, you know, I'm not going to be worried about Michael Carter ever really stilling into his load. Now, Michael Carter is a great pass catching running back and he probably will start out with that third down role, but I really think Brees is just going to be a monster. I've been, you know, really high on him for two years. Uh, he was in last year's Debbie episode for me. He was, he was my number one, one one overall pick in Debbie. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see him to the league now. And I, I have him as a top six running back rounding out the the front end tier of my rb ones here Ooh, definitely some disagreements but i like a lot of what you said and did there um i will get into mine and i love what all you were saying about like not taking injury into account or you know trying to give these guys a clean slate because number four for me is cam Akers. Mm. i've got to still put this guy here um on talent alone 
if if and this is accounting for injury because you know if it's going on pure talent and situation the offense he's in his coach everything like he would be number two behind Taylor but you know there is the Achilles injury but he is still only 22 years old uh he turns 23 I think on the 22nd of this month so happy uh, early birthday um also yeah I mean he like he is not happy with the way he came back and played in the playoffs last year. And everyone has kind of talked about it, but I mean, he, first of all, any other player that had come back from an Achilles tear wouldn't have been playing at all, especially a running back, like five, not even six months removed from the injury. They wouldn't even be playing at all. And he was still out there on the field getting the vast majority of the touches. So McVay still wants to feed him the ball. And but I mean, Akers, they did an interview with them recently. He has taken no vacation since the Super Bowl. He went home to visit his family once. But other than that, it's been 8 a.m. at the facility every single day because he wants to be a top three running back in the league. And he said as much. So the work ethic is there. The talent is there. And I'm banking on the upside here, because if he matches all of that with McVay and Stafford in this offense, it's it's sky's the limit. So. Akers, number four for me. Javante Williams, just below him at number five. Uh, love a lot of what you said about him, but, you know, Melvin Gordon is going to be a factor there. And, like, you know, Javante finished good in total points last year, but he was RB27 in points per game. And uh, Gordon actually beat him out and um, was RB24 in points per game. So it was like a dead split between those two. And Gordon is still good enough to where if it's not a dead split, I think it's going to be a 60-40 split. Uh, so... Um, you know, that is going to be a concern, at least for the next year. So, but Javante is a great talent. We saw what he did in the one game where Gordon wasn't there. So uh, definitely a lot to like. And I agree with your take that the top rookie running back should be here at number six. I just disagree on who it is. Mr. Yeah. Ken Walker comes in here at number six for me. Uh, I love the talent here. Um, I've, I've said as much. We don't need to repeat it all, but he is a fantastic runner, and I think he'll grow into a more of a role on third down, but he is an elite runner, and that's going to serve him well for a Seahawks team and uh, Pete Carroll who love to just play smash-mouth football, especially now when they don't have an elite quarterback anymore. So, you know, we've heard some kind of foreboding, negative foreboding things about Chris Carson coming from Pete Carroll. Carroll, who's kind of the sunshine king. So, you know, I, I don't think Chris Carson is going to be much of a factor going forward. I think it's going to be Penny and uh, Walker, and then Penny's gone after this year, you know, if he doesn't get hurt or overtaken, which is probably likely. So uh, Ken Walker, number six, he'll probably be top five after his first year, but uh, I got to put him here. Yeah, yeah, I don't don't mind that at all. Um I just realized the numbers on my ranking are all messed up here. I'm trying to... Uh, that's Do I need not... to stall? <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I think we can work through it. I just won't look at the numbers and just go in order here. So uh, I think I skipped a number somewhere. Anyways, uh, yeah, I like, I like a lot of what you said there. We definitely have some difference in rankings uh, in some of those guys. Um, but, you know, I, I guess one of them is, is a little bit more far off than the other. But... We'll get into that uh, uh, shortly. Um, you know, we kind of mentioned a little bit, uh, just give a little teaser here. How many rookie running backs do you have in your top 30 here? In my top 30? Uh-huh. Let me count them. I have six. Oh, wow. Wow. 
Yeah. So I only, I only have, uh, I only have four. So, um, so it's, gotta get uh, the young guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely a couple of guys you're going to be higher on, but yeah. And, and a lot of these guys are definitely further back. So it'll be interesting to see how that, mm-hmm. how that kind of goes through the rest of this, but yep. So there's our top six there. Um, uh, Nate, if you want to jump into your seven through nine. Yes. Starting up at number seven, I couldn't drop him any lower. It is King Henry. Uh, he's still a beast, still a monster. And uh, did you see the photo of him at training camp where he's got the dreads now and not the, not the poop tail? Not the turd. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's an improvement. Now, if, honestly, he runs, if he has dreads all season long, he's going to break every running back record. There is. Honestly, I might have to, I might have to bump him up a couple spots for that. I didn't see that. So. Uh, yeah, no, he, he looks <laughs> pretty saying. monstrous. Um, but yeah, I mean, Henry last year when he was healthy and playing, in the, I believe it was eight games he played, he had no equal. He averaged almost 27 points per game. Uh, to put that in perspective, Taylor averaged just under 24 points per game last year. So you're talking about a full three-point difference. Uh, I mean, and Taylor was an absolute monster. So it's he was in a league of his own. And uh, if you got to a championship uh, and you had him early on your team, you maybe have lost that championship, but he got you there. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, with his lack of injury history, he's still only 28 years old. I think he's one of those players that will be good well into his early 30s or, you know, into maybe even his mid-30s, kind of like AP was, where, like, that power and size isn't going anywhere. He's still going to be a hoss to tackle at, you know, 32 years of age. So, but, yeah, Henry comes in at number seven for me. Number eight, kind of a forgotten man, but J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I loved his talent coming out of uh, Ohio State, and he was a guy that had, I believe, over 2,000-yard season there. And he had insane efficiency as a rookie. Like, before he got injured, he was projected to be a big, you know, year-two breakout just because his yards per carry and what he was doing with the ball in his hands was pretty incredible. And everything coming out about the Ravens is that they want to transition more to a run-heavy style like they did. Um, when Lamar won MVP and, you know, they went the furthest in the playoffs. I mean, they shipped away their best receiving option. And I I think they're gearing up to run the football and do it heavily. So uh, Dobbins is going to be a big part of that. He's an electric running back and he's a do it all three down guy when given the chance. So uh, couldn't drop him any further than this coming in at number nine is Christian McCaffrey. Um, Didn't want to correct you earlier, but he actually just turned 26 about a week ago. Um, So he, you know, the problem is he's 26, which isn't a huge deal, but he's also only played 10 games in the last two years. So, you know, I would, that is obviously a concern. I would like to see him put a better run of games together before taking him as like a high end RB one. So that's why he falls to this area. Um, when he's on the field, he's still dynamic, but you know, I just, if you're not on the field, you can't help me. So, um, I just, yeah, I had to drop them at this point. And, you know, if there are a couple more seasons of this, you know, only playing, you know, eight to nine games at most, you know, before you know it, he's going to be 28, 29 years old and not dependable. And I would just rather have one of these younger guys there. So that's why McCaffrey falls to nine for me. Yeah, fair enough. I think if I didn't try to go into this uh, exercise with the erasure of injury, now obviously age is still a factor. This is dynasty, but just the erasure of injury. Uh, I probably could have probably probably would have ended up breaking them someplace similar. Uh, but yeah, you know, he, he did make it to five just because I'm 
given all these, assuming that all these guys are going to be healthy this year, I guess is, is how, how I'm doing these rankings. Um, and of course that's not going to happen, but you know, I don't know who it's going to happen to So I just felt that that was the most fair way to do it, but fair enough. Totally. We definitely got some different rankings here. Yeah. You got a couple of guys, uh, you know, going into my teens that you're ranking here. So it's going to get, going to get fun here. But for me, number seven, I got Mr. Joe Mixon. Uh, Joe Mixon finally had his breakout season this past year. Uh, you know, he was the RB four overall. He played almost the entire season, 16 games. And I believe the game he set out was COVID related. I don't think it was injury related. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously put it together. He's 25 right now. Um, you know, still not too worried about the age. I think his best years are ahead of him, you know, starting last year, I think he has two to three more years of, you know, top seven, top eight, uh, running back play. And there's not many guys that I can feel as confident about at this point. Uh, obviously that offense is completely explosive, but Joe Burrow can't do it all. They're going to need to lean on Joe Burrow, I mean, the Joe Mixon, especially when, uh, they do get up, uh, which I think is going to happen a lot more than it did last year. And of course he is still a great pass catching threat. Haven't really brought anybody in to, to compete with him this year. So he's still, in my opinion, going to be a workhorse. And we know how few of those there really are. Number eight, this one's really tough. It's really, really tough. But again, I'm taking injury out of the equation. And you want to talk about a forgotten man. It's Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley here. We're, at we're way off on this one. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, you know, uh, I still think Saquon has elite talent. There's nobody there that the Giants brought in. I mean, there's been really good things coming out about how he looks and how he's running. Um, and, you know, I think if I'm taking injury out of the equation, uh, you know, I have to consider Saquon at least in my top 10 you may disagree and that's fair enough. He's also only 25, you know, again, 27 is the age where I think you really have to be an elite running back for me to still be in on you in dynasty. So, you know, still two years before you have to worry about that. Um, and, uh, you know, I do think that Dayball is going to be able to get that offense humming. Like it hasn't been the past couple of years. Now is Daniel Jones going to be the quarterback? No, I don't think so. I think they're going to have to figure out a quarterback, but we've seen, competent coaches come in and run good offenses with, you know, par subpar quarterbacks. And I think that's going to be the case. And I think Saquon is going to be heavily featured. Uh, again, he could get injured. I, I, but I'm trying to take that out of the equation. And when I do, I have to consider this guy, uh, you know, in this spot, you know, maybe eight's a little high. There was a couple guys that I really wanted to put above him, but I think the age was kind of just the difference because at number nine, I have a guy that's one year older than him. And it is a guy that is a little bit risky of a pick, but it's Dalvin cook. Um, I haven't heard of anything recent to come out about this. You know, there was a, a right after the off, uh, right after the season ended, there was a legal situation with him and an ex-girlfriend, but it seems like it came out to me that I, I, at least I read, I could be wrong that she broke into his house and that, that there was an altercation that resulted as from that. I don't think he's going to get suspended. I don't think that's going to be a huge issue. I could be wrong. There is a little bit of risk there. Uh, but obviously, Dalvin Cook is an absolutely elite running back. And despite getting nicked up pretty much every season, he always manages to finish as a top five running back. Uh, last year was the case. That, that was the case as well um, in points per game. Um, 
Is that right? Yeah, I think in points per game it was, but uh, in total points he was six. RB fifteen. Fifteen, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, but that was playing thirteen games. So you know, again, not these full seasons. I think Nate's probably going to knock him a little bit more for that. He kind of has in the past, but I'm still very much in on Dalvin. And you know, if I miss out on a guy like McCaffrey and I'm trying to go win now, I think Dalvin is going to be a lot higher on my list because I think he's going to have a breakout season with Kevin O'Connell uh, coming and have them having an offensive minded head coach. So um, yeah, I'm very excited to see, but yeah, we got a completely different, you know, three different guys in that tier there. So, mm-hmm. so it's starting to get really interesting now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Just uh, on Barkley, we'll get into that, but I definitely am lending a little bit more leeway to like guys that were injured and are really young or guys that have just been like, like Henry, who's gotten injured once in like the past like four years or something like that um whereas guys that are like more consistently injured like Caffrey or like Saquon hasn't played more than 13 games in the last three years so um so yeah I mean guys like that that are a little bit more consistently like there's always some sort of problem I'm knocking a little bit more so that's kind of my methodology in this yeah fair enough yeah a little bit different how we did it but you know all comes out to different processes but uh yeah go ahead and uh what is it nine through twelve now or ten through twelve 10 through 12. Yep, I can get to it. Okay, so 10 is Mr. Brees Hall. I will go with the youth here, and Brees is a guy that can do it all. Uh, I think, you know, Michael Carter being there the next three years is definitely going to be, you know, limit his complete upside. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy that I think is going to be a good back in this league for a really long time. And, uh, yeah, so he just beats out Dalvin Cook. And uh, I still love Dalvin and he's still, I believe, 26 years old himself. Um, But, you know, I I got to go with the guy that's like a full. Yeah, Dalvin, I mean, he's going to be 27 when the season starts. So uh, especially with his style of play and his injury history, you know, I could definitely see him struggling a little bit as he gets more to that big 3-0 number. Um, But he's still explosive when he's on the field and he still can definitely help your team win now. So he falls no later than 11 for me. And uh, 12 is going to be Austin Eckler. Uh, this guy is just, he's, he's like Mighty Mouse. He's just incredibly strong, incredibly sturdy. And he just like, he constantly outperforms people's expectations every year. Uh, I think he's a guy that's going to age well just because his pass catching is so good. So uh, he comes in at number 12 for me. And honestly, like this range from like, uh, honestly, from like eight or nine down to like, 15 is all like very very close I mean it's tough so um but yeah Eckler comes in at 12 for me to complete the trio yeah I totally agree with you on the you know I'd even say after number six for me from Joe Mixon to yeah really my number 16 player like I you know I wouldn't argue super hard uh there's there's you know age obviously are you win now are you going for a more of a rebuild strategy all that can factor in but trying to just give a holistic view you know uh try, i i was surprised i was a little bit higher than some of the, on some of these older guys than i thought i would be and this next tier uh encompasses two of those guys and yeah this is another tier where i think we have completely different guys all three of these spots so uh at number 10 i have mr nick chubb and I'm not giving up on, I mean, he hasn't done anything to make us give him, you know, he's had a couple of issues uh, with injury, but outside of that, 
I mean, the man is a complete wrecking ball. He doesn't get the pass catching work because Kareem Hunt's there. I get it. I thought maybe that would change this year. It doesn't look like it's going to. But especially if Deshaun is not going to be there, they're going to have to lean heavy on Nick Chubb and, and their defense and try to win in these low scoring games and try to win just pounding out the clock when they do get up. So I think that Nick Chubb is going to get fed the ball, especially at the beginning of the season. You know what? Even once Deshaun's there, then I'm excited for Nick Chubb for a different reason because they're going to be scoring a lot more and they're going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot more touchdown opportunities. So either way you look at it, you can kind of paint an optimistic view. And uh, you know, I, he's still young. He's 26. Um, and he hasn't, the thing about him is he hasn't had a crazy workload on him. Like some of the other 26 year old guys like Dalvin and things, because he has gotten to share the workload. So that is the positive side of that is a lot of times those guys, you know, make it a lot further in their career because they aren't getting, you know, 400 touches a year, like McCaffrey and starts breaking down and everything. So, uh, Nick Chubb still fresh, still one of the, probably the best besides Derek Henry overall rusher in the NFL, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, if he can, he has the pass, catch, pass catching chops. So if, if Kareem Hunt ever can go, I think that still can be unlocked possibly in the future. So um, at number 11, it's a guy who I have no concerns about his pass catching upside. And it is Mr. Alvin Kamara, another 26-year-old. So a lot of these 26-year-old guys making it in my top 12. Kamara's still going to be a top seven back every year. Last year he was eight, but he only played 13 games. So freaking insanity. Like he was the only guy in that, in that top 10 tier that didn't play at least 15, uh, 15 games. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Fournette also played 14, but mm. yeah, just an, an awesome accomplishment there. Uh, you know, and PPR, if you're, if you are playing full PPR, you can completely depend on Alvin Kamara getting you 15 points a week. There's no if and buts or about it. And if he scores touchdowns, it's going to be higher. So uh, still completely in on Fournette. Honestly, I feel better about the Saints offense as much as I hate to admit it uh, this year than I do last year. I mean, obviously, they added pass catching weapons and hopefully Jameis will stay um, healthy. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's not going to be Taysom Hill. We know that he got moved to tight end. So I think that's overall a net positive for that offense. And uh, I'm still in on Kamara at number 11. And at number 12, I'm probably finally going to get your boy in here. I still do think he can be an elite back. I didn't like how he looked in the in coming back from the playoffs. I think they brought him in a little too early, but uh, you know I'm not gonna let that knock knock him too much. I just hope that what we were seeing wasn't he lost a step, wasn't that he's not the same guy after that injury, which can happen after Achilles and has happened after Achilles. So that's my only concern. That's why I have him dropped lower. Uh, I, it's not that I'm factoring in previous injury. I'm factoring in an injury that I'm still not sure what he is. I mean, he didn't look like the same guy again. I feel like he came back too early. It was the playoffs, but, uh, you know, he was averaging 2.5 yards a carry in the playoffs. So that's not going to cut it. If it's anything like that, you know, it could be a sad case of injury, destroying a bright young talent, but I do think the off season, all of that gives me a lot of hope and, uh, comfort that he can come back and be at least close to the guy that he was. And, and obviously in that Rams offense, he's in one of the best situations uh, you can be in. So still have to get him in here in my top 12 running backs, finishing out my RB ones. Yeah. Just one quick note on that. Having him at 12 is criminal. Um, but also like, I think people are 
overvaluing his like yards per carry as a thing because if you look at how the other Rams running backs performed in the playoffs who they like Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson had very very good runs during the year like Michelle had a very good year but they didn't do any better in the playoffs as far as running it I mean there was nowhere to go yeah Cam Akers didn't look like the guy who looked pre-injury but like every other guy that had an Achilles would still be on the couch so yeah, I, I'm just going to give him a little bit of leeway and just, like, understand that the other running backs, like, they were performing the same way because there was nowhere to go. Yeah, and those other running backs aren't in my top you know, 30 at all, so it's not – Yeah, and they weren't coming back from an Achilles there. Right, right. I agree that they're they're decent running backs. I mean, they, they had good, good stretches, just like you said, but I don't uh, – I don't want to compare them to him because because in that sense, because I consider him an elite talent and I don't really consider those guys there. So I get what you're yeah. saying. He still did, did, you know, as good as the other guys, but I just, when those other guys are who they are, I'd like to see him shine. Well, a and he also got like 67 out of the 99 playoff carries. And the guy who got most of the rest was Sony Michelle and he's gone. So right, it's like, right. He's got the workload. They clearly don't like Henderson to be their number one. So, yeah. Hey, I, I you know, have him in at 12 actually uh, compared to consensus isn't that low. I'm not sure exactly where it is a consensus, but I, I've seen a couple of sources I, I uh, you know, tap into have him at 18, 20. So there's, there's people dropping him really, really low, I guess, thinking he's not the same guy anymore. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely not the only one, but I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll still draft him as an RB1 in Dynasty. Yeah, good, good, good. At least you'll do that. So, so uh, recap our, our top 12 real quick, and then uh, we'll move on to our RB2s. Yep. So, top 12 for me is Jonathan Taylor, number one, two, Najee Harris, three, DeAndre Swift, four, Cam Akers, five, Javante Williams, six, Ken Walker, seven, King Henry, eight, J.K. Dobbins, nine, Christian McCaffrey, 10, Brees Hall, 11, Dalvin Cook, and 12, Austin Eckler. And for me, it's uh, same first three, like we mentioned, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift. I think that's close to consensus. I think most people uh, probably are drafting that way for the most part. The only guy that is breaking in there is my number four, uh, as far as in the drafts I've been in, uh, is Javante uh, Williams, four. At five, I have Christian McCaffrey. At six, I have Brees Hall. At seven, I have Joe Mixon. At eight, I have Saquon Barkley. At nine, I have Dalvin Cook. At 10, I have Nick Chubb. At 11, I have Alvin Kamara. And at 12, I have Cam Akers. Nice. All right. Well, so, you want to get us started on RB2s? Yes, I fixed my numbering system during the last time you were talking, so we are good to go here on my end. Uh, it is Austin Eckler coming in at 13. I think you had him at 12. So we're, we're pretty close to uh, where we're at for me. He's 27 and all nobody in my top 12 was 27. Again, that's the age that I start to kind of worry about the, the long-term, you know, outlook. That being said, I agree with your point that because he's been mostly a pass catching running back, he stayed mostly healthy. He probably will be able to play into, you know, 29, 30. It's just a matter of, if he's still the same guy, if he still has that burst, if he's still, you know, getting as many touchdowns as he did. And that was the thing last year was a complete outlier of a season for him touchdown wise. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that regress to the means a little bit uh, and maybe him not have, you know, he was RB two last year. So he was phenomenal last year. I don't think that's going to be a repeat 
uh, especially with uh, Mr. Isaiah Spiller, who I'm I'm quite high on coming in, but Nate might disagree with that. But 13, still still like him there. Just couldn't put a 27-year-old in my top 12. And number 14, I have a man much younger and a man who has yet to hit the field, but is not a rookie. And it is Mr. Travis Etienne. Um, you know, I was, he, this is my RB2 coming out of that last class. Now I, I'm probably going to end up being wrong about that. Probably Javante is going to have a better long-term outlook than, than ETN, but I still think ETN has a chance to catapult himself into that kind of tier of guys. And we might be talking about him, um, you know, as a top six or seven guy next year. Uh, so, you know, looking forward, I really think if he can stay healthy, um, especially with James Robinson, obviously the Achilles happening. Uh, I don't think he's going to be back any time at the beginning of the year. So he'll have a chance to kind of work his way in and hopefully uh, Doug Malone, Marone. Mm-hmm. No, they, that's not their coach. Doug Peterson. T- Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> Doug Peterson. I was like, wait, not, it's not Doug Marone. Uh, <laughs> hopefully Doug Peterson will, you know, be able to work out. I will say in the past, Peterson has utilized a committee. He was one of the guys doing committees when committees weren't cool. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that still uh, happens, but still completely believe in the talent of ETN. And obviously being there with Trevor Lawrence is very secure. And at number 15, I have Mr. Derrick Henry. I got to get the man in here now. Um, A little bit old for Dynasty. That is literally the only thing I can say. I don't think he's going to be, you know, 30 years old and still being a top five running back. But I think you still got at least this season. You still got, what is he, 28? Or is he 29? It's 28. 28, yeah. So, you know, um, obviously he's one of these guys. He didn't get a huge workload at the beginning of his career. Like I said, for Nick Chubb, I think that's working to his benefit now. And, of course, even if he did get the huge workload, he's a complete monster of a man. He's a tank. I get it. But um, he is old. He's he, and, I, and, and if I'm not in win now specifically, if I'm in win now specifically, I'm completely willing to draft him as a top six, seven running back. But – when I'm factoring in age with this dynasty roster and the way I like to draft my running backs, he does drop a lot further than where you have him, Nate. But agree with every point you made about him, and I don't blame you. What did you have him at nine or eight? Seven. 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 Yeah. So definitely higher than higher than me, but I don't uh I completely see why you would do that. You know, dynasty is about winning money too, and he should be able to help you do that. But uh, you know, I do have to factor in which guys are 28. I am scared and i get making the gamble on henry is the best guy to make it on and that's why he's the first 28 year old i have ranked so but i like people like 28 is when like a normal running back like like derrick henry is not normal it's like age like adrian peterson led the league in rushing at 30 years old like henry can do the same I agree, uh, you know, and, and I think he, he probably is one of those outlier guys. And if he does lead the league in rushing when he's 30 years old, I'll have an egg on my face ranking him at 15 when he's 28. But uh, I, I just, I'm not willing to make the gamble on really any one person because it's such an outlier thing to happen. It is, um, you know, just very rare. And of course, you know, last year he did get some pass catching upside unlocked and that obviously made him just, I mean, he was still the number one in points per game uh, running back by far. So uh, he was a real cheat code last year. And if I don't think, I think that is going to regress. I don't think, but I still think he'll be a top three running back. I mean, easy, but I don't, don't think he's going to be catching six passes, seven passes a game. Like he did for that little stretch there. I don't think that's going to be the norm, but Hey, I could be wrong and I'll be sad if I am. So that is my 13 through 15. Who do you got? Oh, man. 
All right. I need to catch my breath. And now I did. I, I was so torn with the ranking, my number 13 guy as low as I did, but it is Nick Chubb. Uh, he should probably be above Eckler, but like, look, Eckler, I think can be a surefire. Like he can be a top end RB one for like the next two years. And Nick Chubb in real life is absolutely a top five running back in the NFL. But for fantasy purposes, we've seen it time and time again that his ceiling is basically a low-end RB1. Like, he's he's kind of in that low-end RB1, high-end RB2 territory. And the last two years, he has gotten nicked up, so it's not like he's, like, absolutely bulletproof either. So, yeah, it's like I would love to rank him higher, but this is a little bit of, like, I don't know, reality. I think he's going to play for a long time. Like, he's another one of these guys that is just, like, that power isn't going anywhere. He's incredibly athletic. Uh, but – you know, and he has a really, really good work ethic. But I just, you know, just based on upside and everything, I think he's going to be kind of in this range year in and year out. So that's why Chubb fell to this spot for me. Uh, Joe Mixon is a guy that we differ on a lot. I have him here at 14. Um, part of this is because the backs, a lot of the backs that I have ahead of him, I think are either better than him at the same age or they're, you know, quite a bit younger than he is. So that's why Mixon falls to 14. Again, like a lot of these guys were, are really close. He's close to being, you know, um, you know, RB10 for me. But he just falls to this point just because he is getting a little bit older. He'll be 26 once the season starts. And, you know, this, this last year he finally put it together and got himself as like, you know, a top five, six running back. But uh, it's not like he's been 100% dependable his, you know, his entire career for that. You know, we had to wait for the Mixon explosion for a little while there. And I just um, – you know, there are some younger guys that I would rather bank on and some older guys that I think are better. He finishes an RB1 before, just not a high-end RB1. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and the years he didn't, it was injury-related. But, you know, uh, fair fair enough. I mean, hey, me and you have swapped Derrick Henry and uh, and Joe Mixon in their place. So, again, that's how close the tier is. Uh, you know, I think we're both relatively close in reality on how we feel about the guys. It's just, you know, parsing these guys up is, is a really hard thing to do. So, yeah, I just got to put Henry higher because he averaged seven more points per game last year. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> three years older. Uh, yeah, don't matter. Uh, two years. Well, two and a half, really. But, 28, um, 26, you're right, you're right. Um, but neither here nor there. Uh, lastly here, this group of three is going to be Ezekiel Elliott coming in at 15 for me. Uh, Zeke, I think, still has plenty of tread left on the tire. He was like – People want to discount him, but he was very, very good last year. He just keeps plugging along. Even when he's injured, he plays, and he plays well. He at least, like, falls into the end zone the majority of the time. Um, you know, he's another guy where he's, you know, he turns 27 before the season starts, but uh, he's you know, an incredible athlete and another guy that I think can play until his early 30s. And he's he's going to be productive. If nothing else, he's going to be a power goal line back as he ages. So, yeah, I, I like Zeke here. I think getting him here is um, honestly a really good deal. Yeah, he's a really hard guy to rank in Dynasty. Um, I have him a little bit lower, not crazy lower, um, but it's really hard for some of these guys to parse out exactly, um, you know, where they rank. And, again, the thing about Dynasty is team build is going to – if your team build is one way or the other, it's going to completely change it. And, you know, maybe in the future we can do like a um, – a win now episode or a rebuild episode or whatever specifically but just you know giving it a holistic view it's definitely hard to parse these guys up um all right we got 13 through 15 it's time for for 16 through 18 and for me coming in 
in, uh, I got my RB two in this year's rookie class and it is Kenneth Walker. Um, you know, I still think I haven't ranked above guys that I like a lot. So this isn't like me being low on him, in my opinion, definitely low compared to Nate, but that's, you know, we've, we've had that argument a lot over the past couple months, so we won't do that again, but uh, you know, I do think that Kenneth Walker has a chance. It's just, I, I worry about the pass catching and all the guys ranked above them, except maybe Nick Chubb, uh, you know, have big pass catching upside. And I just, you know, I, um, am concerned about the Seattle offense, but that being said, there's guys that come into bad offenses and still produce like Najee last year. So, uh, you know, maybe I, I shouldn't uh, count that out too much. Although I do think the the Seahawks are going to be worse than the Steelers offense last year. They, they have probably less weapons and a worse quarterback, but uh, so that's 16 for me, Kenneth Walker, 17, man. Oh, I'm still in on this guy, but it's hard to rank him here. I know Nate's going to have him a lot lower. It's Mr. Antonio Gibson. Uh, he was a top 12 running back, or he might've been 13 last year, actually. Um, no, he was actually, sorry, number nine and in, uh, in, in overall finish. So, you know, a lot of people, have the idea that he had like a bad season last year or something. I mean, he finished RB nine. Now it was up and down. He had, he had that a uh, shin injury in the middle of the season and he had a bad stint of games, but he started strong and he finished strong. And uh, you know, Nate is a big fan of Brian Robinson. I am not as big of a fan as Brian on Brian Robinson. So I'm not as concerned about the, the, the workload being cut down too much. I think that Antonio Gibson's still going to be getting, you know, much more touches and carries than Brian Robinson and much more touches and carries than JD McKissick. But I do rank him lower because I'm worried about both of those guys to combined eating into the overall workload. So it's a little bit risky right now, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, he, when he's been on the field and performed two years now, he's finished as a top 12 running back. So uh, a lot of people never really thought he had that kind of upside uh, that he couldn't play the running back position at all, but he's definitely proven the doubters wrong on that. Um, and at number 18, I have Mr. JK Dobbins. Uh, so this is a guy I've consistently been lower on than Nate and Nate, that was one of the most surprising rankings you had for me. I didn't think he'd be a top 10 running back. Um, obviously he had the, it wasn't in the kill. It was AC, just ACL, right? Yeah. Um, just an ACL. So not too worried about that. The, the Ravens offense, it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, there's Gus. Uh, they drafted two running. Wait, did they draft a running back? Yeah, no, they drafted Tyler Beatty. They drafted Tyler Beatty. That's who. They uh, oh well, he's screwed now. <laughs> well, no, I don't think he's screwed. I just think along with Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's the same. I said the same thing last year. He was ranked like 15, 16 for me last year, and for me, it's like uh, I, I just don't think he's going to get enough work overall to be dependable game to game. Uh, and, and, you know, I could end up being wrong about that. I think he's a fantastic talent. And I think when he landed with the Ravens, we had this idea, oh, they're so run heavy. He's going to be getting all these carries, all these carries. Well, that really hasn't ever like came to fruition. Like, you know, you, you talked about DeAndre Swift, maybe not getting 15 to 20 carries. Well, maybe he's had some games where he has, but for the most part, he's, he's not getting that kind of workload. And so, uh, you know, he did have a great rookie season. Obviously last year he was injured. So we have to see. Uh, but you know, for me, I'm a little bit lower on JK. And again, this is kind of the end of a tier for me where if you had JK at like 13, 14, 12, even maybe I could, I could definitely see it. Um, so I don't want to sound like I hate the guy or I'm completely out on him, but, um, you know, there are 17 other guys that I'd rather have. So that's, that's surprising to me, honestly. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, that that'll definitely be in our in our divide in our um, you know disputes episode. I think uh, I think that he'll be a good candidate for that. So. Yeah, I mean the dude averaged six yards a carry as a rookie. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, and everybody in the I mean Gus Gus consistently averages over five yards a carry, and I think every that that offense is set up really well to do that. Which I understand that making people excited about J.K. Dobbins is just never materialized in the way that we've kind of hoped, at least in the first two years. I mean, okay. Well, we'll discuss that one on another episode. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I guess I'll give my next three. Uh, it will be at number 16, it's Alvin Kamara. Um, oh. He's probably going to be suspended here at the start of this season. So if you're in win now mode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What was the situation? He beat up the guy that came up to him or something, right? Oh, uh, yeah. He and people he was with beat the absolute living shit out of this dude, and it was caught on a elevator camera. So that kind of slipped my mind a little bit. I mean, I don't think that would make me dip him quite this low, but that did slip my mind. I got it missed. So, yeah, he's, he's getting at least a four game suspension, uh, if not more. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's very likely it's going to be six to eight games. So we shall see on that. But uh, so he falls definitely for me. I mean, falls below guys like Zeke, Mixon, other guys that are around the same age because they're going to be on the field ready to go. Um, and Kamara is great, but he also, you know, it's I, I don't know. He's going to be an excellent receiving weapon as he goes forward. But I don't know if Jameis is going to with the weapons he has now. He doesn't have to like force feed him as much. Like last year, he had like Traquan Smith and Marcus Callaway. Like now, he's got like hopefully Michael Thomas. We'll see. But Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, like there are a lot more options to throw to. So uh, that combined with possible suspension, plus the fact that he's getting a little up there in age. Um, Wait, so real quick, if you don't mind me asking, do you think you don't think he's going to get the the rushing work? Uh, I mean, he'll get, he'll get enough rushing work. He's not like, like last year, I think he averaged like 3.7 yards per carry or something like he was. Yeah. So he, he was struggling in the rushing game last year. So, um, I, I could see him being used a little bit more as a receiver, but I, I was saying basically Winston doesn't have to force feed him the ball as much because they have way more playmakers to throw to now. So it's not just going to be about Camara. Um, so yeah, that combined with the fact that he's about to be 27, just knocked him down on this list for me. Uh, next up for me, number 17 is Zamir White, Zeus. I got to put him up here. This guy is young, 22 years old, and he is, yeah, he's, he's going to be a really, really good first and second down running back for a long time. And he has uh, some pretty good receiving chops as well. We just haven't seen it a whole lot in his college days, but he's an incredible athlete uh, come back from a double ACL tear in college. But the last two years he's played at Georgia and played very well. Got selected by the Raiders, who refused to, um, you know, sign um, Josh Jacobs to his fifth-year option. And we're already hearing good things about Zeus. So I, I think he's going to take over that first and second down role sooner rather than later. At most, you'll have to wait a year for it. And he's going to be a really good at it for a long time. So, you know, you know, think, I guess, if you could get, like, James Conner at 22 years old, if you want to look at it that way. But um, yeah, Zeus is a beast. I don't have any doubt about his work ethic or his ability to stay in the NFL. So got to put him here at number 17. And then he just barely beat out Leonard Fournette, uh, mostly based on age. But yeah, Fournette, you know, the next two, three years is still going to be a hoss. He's got that contract with the um, uh, with the Bucks, and he doesn't have I mean, the problem is they did sign Rashad White. And so that does knock him down a little bit here just because that receiving work is 
definitely going to siphon more his way, I believe. So um, that combined with Fournette being 27 just knocked him below Zeus and down to the 18th spot for me. So that's it. Yeah, that Zeus ranking, man, that is that that was the biggest surprise of the episode for me. I mean, uh, he's not in my top 30, so definitely a big a big gap in, in how we feel. I mean, I think he'd probably be in my top 36 if I would have went that far. But, you know, for me, it's a guy you got to wait on for a year to be a consistent producer. And he's had two ACL tears, which I know I'm taking injuries, you know, out. But it's like there's, there's – Yeah, all- for selective players. <laughs> well, no. I, 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 if I was being selective, I would gladly be selective for Zeus because I, I want him to do good. It's just, you know, I think all the guys in my top 30, you know, I'm are going to, you know, be consistent starters this year in my opinion. And I'm not sure that that's going to happen. So – you know, I understand his dynasty, but, you know, I think that I would definitely draft him a lot later. But, hey, fair enough. Uh, just wanted to mention him because I'm not going to talk about him in the rest of the episode. Um, but number 19 for me is somebody that I feel like should be higher and he's consistently slept on. I just can't figure out who to put him above. And it's David Montgomery. I mean, every year he really does do very well in a horrible offense. And, you know, he's been as high as the RB6 uh last year um he only played 14 games uh so he was the rb19 but obviously you know still an rb2 and uh in points per game he was also 19 so that's the there's some uh some uh nice unison there but you know i do think that uh you know the truth of david montgomery is somewhere in between of that six overall finish and that 19 overall finish i think consistently he's probably going to be 12 to 15 that sort of guy but I think he can be that for the next two years at least so having him at 19 for me I mean obviously that's where he finished last year so maybe you could just just base it off that alone but but no I think I think he has slept on and I think that Bears offense didn't really do much Khalil Herbert might be more of a factor this year he did pretty well with the work that he had but I don't think it's gonna you know take Montgomery away from his number one RB status there so um, I have David Montgomery at 19 at 20. I have Ezekiel Elliott. So this was a guy that was really hard to rank for me. Look, he finished, um, in overall points last year, he finished as RB seven. So again, another one of these guys that people who have this perception that he had a horrible season, he really didn't. I mean, he had, uh, some iffy games. I mean, he played 17 games, but there were some games where he was so injured that he was pretty much, I mean, Tony Pollard outshone it, outshined him in, in a lot of instances. And I am a little bit worried that Tony Pollard is going to be even a bigger factor this year. We've heard some word of him being split out to receiver, which maybe that means they can both be on the field at the same time. But uh, the other side of that argument is it sounds like they're using him in more versatile ways. I mean, Zeke has never really been split out as a receiver out there. And I do think Tony Pollard is a better receiver than Zeke. Zeke is very sure handed, but as far as after the catch, Zeke's not doing quite what he used to do. So I I do think the decline is here or close to here. I understand that there's outliers and all this, but there's some guys that have to be what the normal guys are and regress when everybody else does. And I think that's Zeke's probably going to be one of those guys also because he's had this huge workload um, you know, from the time he stepped into the league, you know, he really never, and he had a huge workload at Ohio state. So, you know, he's had a lot of tread on the tires and I think the decline is here, but I think as far as this year, you can feel pretty safe that you have a solid, you know, uh, end RB one, maybe high end RB two at the very worst, depending on if Pollard, you know, 
starts to take more of that work. So um, that is my number 20 spot. And then at number 21, I have Josh Jacobs. So, uh, you know, you got Zeus ranked higher than Josh Jacobs, obviously. I mean, I think that, uh, I think that if Zeus is ever what Josh Jacobs will likely be this year, then I'll be very impressed. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, God's going to take his job. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I mean, Josh Jacobs is is, is consistently a, a very good running back. I mean, he was RB twelve last year, playing fifteen games. He's been an RB one pretty much every year that he's played, uh, unless you know injury has held him out. Um, you know, I, I I don't think that you know I understand they didn't sign his fifth year option. That could be monetary. That could be hey, prove it one more year if we're going to spend money on a running back. And it could be hey, we're not going to sign him at all. And, but I don't think any of those speak to like, if Josh Jacobs went to another team, I think he could be just as successful. And, you know, I do think Zeus will work into his load this year, but I don't think that he's going to usurp him as the, as the number one running back anytime this year. And yeah, if, if if Josh Jacobs moves on, that's great. But if Josh Jacobs doesn't move on and he does end up re-signing with them, you know, Zeus is kind of stuck in, in this committee. And I I don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, it's going to, break him into this top running back, you know, hemisphere anytime soon. So I uh, could be wrong about that, but I'm still very high on Josh Jacobs. I think the Raiders offense is better than it's been since Josh Jacobs has been there. So that's probably going to help him a lot. That's There's not going to be as many stacked boxes when you got Darren Waller and Devonte Adams. And uh, so, yeah, I'm expecting this, this to be a, a really big season for Jacobs, but having a 21 does hurt. This is a guy that I, I think last year was uh, number 10 for me. So big drop for sure. Um, but I uh, can't, can't deny there's some concerns, but I'm still very much in on him. And I end up getting him in a lot of leagues because it seems like people aren't as high on him as I am. So, uh, so yeah, that is my 19 through 21. Who do you got? Yeah. Well, quick note on Jacobs, because he's not in my top 30. Uh, oh, he, he's, wow. he's, thir- he's 31. So he's literally just on the cusp. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like NFL teams can bullshit you a lot of different ways, but they, they tell you what they really want in the moves they make. And they brought in a new coach who's not at all loyal to Josh Jacobs. He didn't bring him in. He immediately came in, didn't extend the fifth year option to Jacobs and immediately went out and got, uh, his own running back in the fourth round. So even if he doesn't play for the Raiders next year, you think he's just going to go poof? He's still going to be a, a better than a top 30 running back. I mean, it well, no, because like you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective. The past, if you look at the past two years, he's averaged 3.9 yards per carry and he gets banged up every year. Like he, he always at the end of the year is a shell of what he was at the beginning because of his running style. And he is not anywhere close to the athlete that Zeus is. So yeah, I'm, I'm going with the youth and the upside and the fact that the coaching staff is not signing him and brought in their own guy. Uh, I I've got to go with what their moves are showing me and Jacobs on another team. I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be what he was with Gruden. I, I think those days are over no matter what team he goes He played to. with Gruden for like – oh, wait, no, that's not true. He played, that, 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 Gruden was the coach when he, when he was a rookie. Yeah, he, yeah. I was thinking it was just for two years. But, but yeah, no, I mean, that might be the case. I, I just uh, – I think you're way too low on him. I think you're going to end up regretting having quite that low. But, you know, fair enough. We could, could, be, could be wrong about that. And, uh, you know, there wasn't anybody behind him. So, as far as them bringing in Zeus – They yeah, still they got Kenyon Drake. Yeah, Kenyon Drake was trash last year. He like literally he, Josh, he brought him in to be a pass catcher, and Josh Jacobs ended up being the better pass catcher. Like, uh, look at the yards per reception. Drake was an, a lot more explosive with what he wait, did. 
did he have a season ending injury or was he just not getting work at the end of the uh, game? pretty sure he got injured I, he because he he didn't play at all during the playoffs he didn't play at all during yeah the, then he was uh, injured so so i mean you know well you know fair enough i i i think that zeus is going to be the the rb2 i don't think that Kenyon drake is going to be much of a of a situation and uh, but you know, we'll see. We'll have to keep an eye on that. That's something we, we have a big disagreement on. So yeah, Kenyon Drake only played 12 games last year and he had 30 receptions in 12 games. Yeah. Jo- well, okay, uh, that is a lot for, for, well, no, that's two and a half. Josh Jacobs had more than that. I'm quite, quite certain. No. And if you look at their yards per reception, it's not even close. Jacobs was, did not very much when he was given the ball. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I, honestly, Kenyon Drake. I haven't as a guy. I haven't thought about in a long time. But uh, but anyways. Uh, all right. Well, that is my nineteen through twenty-one. You already gave your nineteen through twenty-one. Or no. Uh, no. I need okay. to. Get that. And uh, yeah, I'll go first this next time because you've been taking up the bulk of the analysis lately. Yes. Well, um, it's it's all different guys, but yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, number 19, we actually do have an agreement. It's David Montgomery. Uh, he's a guy who probably shouldn't go this late, but cause he's only what, 25 years old and just turned 25. So yeah, he's, um, he's still got plenty of the tread left on the tires and he's, he's really good when he's on the field. So he's a guy that's kind of consistently underrated and we're probably doing it here. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you get him at 19, good on you. Uh, number 20 for me is Aaron Jones. Uh, this is a guy that just falls a bit just because of his age. Uh, he is 27. He'll turn uh, 28 in December. But, uh, I mean, that combined with A.J. Dillon, who, you know, his his prowess, especially as a receiver, has gone kind of underrated. And he's a freak athlete, and he's only going to get better. And I think Aaron Jones is, you know, only going to get, you know, worse. It's just the way it goes. And they're kind of on that path in their respective careers. So, um, but Aaron Jones is still incredibly productive. That's why he's this high. That's why he's top 20. And uh, if you're win now, he's a great piece to add. So he falls there. And then Travis Etienne comes in at 21 for me. Uh, he's another guy that, you know, kind of a forgotten guy. And he could very much outplay this. He's a, a good um, prospect, very good prospect coming out of college, a good athlete. I, you know, a lot of, you know, some people had him over Najee Harris. I definitely didn't see that, but he's uh, was in that conversation. So if he can come back and be utilized well in that Jaguars offense, uh, that's a big if. But uh, I, I think, you know, he could be – he could far outplay this position. But ETN falls to 21 for me just because I got to see it in the NFL. Wait, so I'm sorry. Who was your 20? Because I know you had 19, David Montgomery. Who was 20? Aaron Jones. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. Yep. And 21, Travis ETN. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, if you – I want to go ahead and give give the next okay. three as well because because like I've been going first. Yeah. So. Okay. We'll get caught up here. Um. Yeah. Twenty two for me is AJ Dillon. Him and Aaron Jones are very close for me, but uh, yeah, I mean Jones has outplayed him the past two years, and I foresee that happening again this year. But man, Dillon's coming, and I, I really believe in his talent level. I, he's he's a little bit stiff, but I mean he's an absolute bowling ball. He's really good with the ball in his hands. So. Uh, he could be underrated at this spot. I mean, you could say that about a lot of these guys. It's just really hard to rank them compared to, I mean, there's a lot of really good running backs in the league at this point. So it's kind of pick your poison. Um, a guy that I hate seeing this low, but Saquon Barkley comes in at number 23 for me. Wow. Yeah. I just, uh, man, hands off, hands off. Sounds like, yeah, definitely. You know, me ranking him that low, someone is definitely getting him before I get him. So that's, that's kind of the case. And I'm definitely willing to accept that. I just, 
you know, it'd be one thing if when he was on the field, he was still the same Saquon. But I mean, if you look at points per game, he was RB 32 last year. He had a really bad start. I remember he had two games in particular where it was like he scored like two points or something. It was really bad. So yeah, he yeah. did. He but only played four. He only played four games, so small sample size. But yeah, it, it was it was bad. Uh, he played more than he played thirteen games last year. Saquon. Yeah, Saquon Barkley oh, played wow. thirteen games last year. Wow. Okay. He, yeah. Yeah. I think he got. Are you he, sure? Uh, are you right now. I will look it up on another source to make sure. Yeah, he played thirteen games last year. Okay. All right. Yeah. That that's more than I uh more than I was factoring in. But but okay. Yeah. I uh, for some reason I thought he got hurt injured much earlier in the season you're no, right that was the year before <laughs> yeah yeah i'm looking at it now yeah you're, you're right you're right and he only had 10 points per game in, in that uh in that yeah he was and he averaged 3.7 yards per carry uh 6.4 yards per reception i mean he sucked i mean it's the only way i can put it is he sucked um and that's enough of a sample size for me to go okay this guy's injury prone He's not been on a great offense. I don't think the offense has gotten much better. And he, he played 13 games last year, and he was RB32. He was literally an RB3 uh, and a mid-tier RB3 at that uh, when he was playing. So I, I want to put Saquon higher. It's just like I don't, I, I don't know if he's ever going to be what we hoped he would be or, like, or what he was his rookie season. He obviously was that at one point, but – I just – I don't see it happening, and I just got to take some younger guys and some more proven guys ahead of him. So, sorry, Saquon, but you just you, – you fall a bit for me. Um, and then number 24, I got another rookie, Mr. Damian Pierce. I am fine taking him as the last RB2 here. I think he's going to be the first and second down chugger uh, year one when he gets uh, – when he starts playing for the Texans. He was really underutilized at Florida, but one thing he did fantastically well was get touchdowns. He's a goal line monster. He knows how to find the end zone. Dude squats 700 pounds. He can push piles, uh, and he's surprisingly agile. So I I love a lot of Pierce's game, and I think he can be a solid RB2 for for many years to come. And even if he's an RB3, I mean, getting a guy his age here in the RB24 range, I mean, that's, that's kind of what you would expect. So... Um, he could definitely outplay this, and I'm willing to take him here for sure. So I know that's another rookie that you might not have in your top 30. It is another rookie I don't have in my top 30. But what I will say about that little blurb you gave is I think you talked me down a couple spots on Saquon. I think you did. I think you made a good argument there. I mean, mm-hmm. I have him at eight. I'd probably, uh, I'd probably move him to like, 12 or 13 i didn't realize he played 13 games and did that poorly last year i don't know um what i was looking at or what i was thinking but uh that 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 is somewhat more alarming than i think i considered it but you know still obviously the upside is pretty Mm -hmm. hypnotizing yeah for sure so um all right well my 22 through 24 i'm super surprised that i'm higher on this guy than you uh maybe you'll talk about him here in a couple spots but elijah mitchell coming in at 22 um, you know, I still think that he is going to be supposed to be the starting guy running back and the, the workhorse or the, the, at least getting the lion's share. I don't know if we can call it a workhorse at, in uh, the 49ers, but mm-hmm. of the work, um, you know, obviously injury, he's only had one season. I'm trying not to knock these guys for injury, but he got multiple injuries last year and he's a little bit smaller, but that being said, the man runs like an absolute cannon and uh you know he is 
very cannons are known for being very fast <laughs> shot a shot out of a cannon, <laughs> <laughs> a cannon that's not said correctly <laughs> yes he runs like he is shot out of a cannon and yes. uh he's uh you know a lot of fun to watch very violent running style for a guy his size so um i obviously if he can stay healthy that shanahan rushing offense is i mean it produces guys every single year without fail and if you can pinpoint who the guy is every year it changes every year so it's this is the reason why he is ranked a little bit lower is just because it's really hard to trust that i mean for the past five seasons the 49ers have had a different rb1 as far as fantasy points yards all of that so uh it's really hard to trust but you know, as long as something catastrophic doesn't happen, Elijah Mitchell should be that guy this year and probably should be ranked a little bit higher if that is end up how, how it works out. Um, so Elijah Mitchell, 22 at 23. I have the man ranked higher than his older counterpart. It is AJ Dillon. Um, it is very close for me, but I figured just go ahead and bite the bullet. Probably next year I'm going to be ranking AJ Dillon ahead of Aaron Jones anyways. And unless Aaron Jones has like, I mean, Aaron, here's the thing about Aaron Jones. He's finished as a top six running back multiple times. Is Aaron, is AJ Dillon ever going to do that? Probably not. So if you do think that Aaron Jones still has that elite upside that he once possessed, then I totally don't blame you for, for picking him first. I just don't think, I think he's more likely he's going to finish as like RB 12, RB 13 this year. And that's great, but I'm willing to miss out on that uh, to kind of, you know, get ready for the future with AJ Dillon. Uh, I do really like watching AJ Dillon style. And if you would have asked me last year, I would have been way lower on AJ Dillon because I would have said the man can't catch passes because he never displayed that in college. Well, last year he did a very, very good job at that and just impressed and surprised a lot of people uh, seeing a big man quite that size. It was kind of like Henry, although not quite as big, but uh, you know, being a pass catcher is always uh, just kind of a marvel to see. So he did very well with that. So yeah, I'm willing to put AJ Dillon a couple spots higher. And I, and I do mean a couple, uh but um yes uh my the guy that is gonna break them up is gonna be a guy that i know is not inside of nate's top 30 and it is miles sanders i am not willing to give up yet <laughs> uh, now i swear to god the first negative thing if he has one bad game like i swear i'm just i'm gonna drop him but it's like i look around now look i still like Gainwell. Um, but I look around that, that backfield, it's going to be a rush heavy offense. I know that AJ Brown ended up there, but I don't think they're going to completely change their offensive scheme with Jalen hurts, uh, to not being run heavy. So, uh, you know, Miles Sanders, I think he can get the work he's shown before, not quite last season, but he's shown in years past that he can do well with that work. And, uh, is one of these few guys that can, you know, house, and he usually does house one or two 70 yard, 80 yard touchdowns every year. So, if he can just put it together, uh, he's not a very good pass catcher. His his metrics on that is pretty bad. So I do think that's when Gainwell is going to kind of come in. But I do think Miles Sanders is going to have a lot of rush opportunities. And if he can average like five yards a carry, I think that's going to end up being very valuable. And, you know, obviously touchdowns are going to be the real decider on, on how high he ends up. But I will take him as my very last RB2. I like that. And I like what you said about Dylan. You're probably going to end up being right on that. I should probably already have Dylan higher. I just uh, didn't want to do it yet. But he reminds me so much of like when Henry was sitting behind DeMarco Murray and just like he's kind of just sitting there waiting to explode. But 
man. So do you want to do the next three guys or uh, would you like me well, to? Let's, let's recap. I guess that was the end of our RB2s, quote yeah. unquote. So yeah. let's just re- recap those. And I know we kind of only have six more, so it's a little weird of a division, but I think everybody will be all right with it. So uh, if you want to do your, your 13 through 24. Yeah, yeah. So 13 for me is Mr. Chubb, Nick Chubb. 14, Joe Mixon. 15, Zeke. 16, Alvin Kamara. 17, Zeus. 18, Leonard Fournette. 19, David Montgomery. 20, Aaron Jones. 21, Travis Etienne. 22, A.J. Dillon. 23, Saquon Barkley. And 24, Mr. Damian Pierce. Yeah, it's funny. You're, I just realized you're still one spot higher on me than A.J. Dillon. Uh, you just you just have <laughs> a flop. Yeah, so. Uh, but, yeah, for me, it's uh, Austin Eckler at 13. 14, we got Travis Etienne. 15, we have Derek Henry. 16, we have Kenneth Walker. 17, we have Antonio Gibson. 18, we have J.K. Dobbins. 19, we have David Montgomery. 20, we have Ezekiel Elliott. 21, Josh Jacobs. 22, Elijah Mitchell. 23, A.J. Dillon. And 24, Miles Sanders. Um, so I'll tell you what, my next tier here is two guys you've already covered and uh, and a guy I know you're not going to cover. So why don't you go ahead <laughs> And go first since you're not going to steal any of my nuts. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so number 25 for me is Mr. Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I pretty much everything you said about this guy is right on point. I mean, he averaged a total yards um, averaged 100 per game. So he's very effective when he's on the field. I do foresee him getting nicked up a little bit. And there's always the 49ers Shanahan offense that is foreboding and he He'll probably be irrelevant in three years, but he may not. And if he's not, then you're going to feel really stupid letting him fall to 25. But uh, can't let him go any further than that. What he's shown on the field has already been pretty fantastic. So uh, number 26, I'm going to go ahead and snag Mr. Brian Robinson. I, uh, again, probably another rookie you don't have in your top 30, but a guy that I fully believe is a three-down capable player. And I think he's immediately going to see work from Antonio Gibson. So me and Josiah disagree on that point. I'll get to Antonio Gibson a little bit later, but yeah, it's Brian Robinson was an absolute hoss at Alabama. He waited his turn. He he doesn't have a whole lot of carries on his body and he's, he's damn near bulletproof. So um, he is an elite power back and he's also incredibly good with the ball in his hands after the catch. I mean, he was given Georgia linebackers like Quay Walker first round, to the Packers linebacker, Quay Walker, Brian Robinson gave him fits in uh, doing angle routes all day long in the SEC championship game uh, and in some of the national championship game. I mean, he's just, he's really underrated in that regard and he really can do the three down workhorse thing. So Mr. Robinson got to put you at number 26 and number 27 of my, my love child from last year, Mr. Kenny Gainwell. I can't put him any lower just because I think his PPR value is still pretty set for years to come. I think he's going to be able to stick around for a long time based on that. And, you know, everything I've read and heard is that his, his role in this offense is only going to grow this year with, uh, with the Eagles and Miles Sanders is an approved year. So if they decide to not bring him back and, you know, maybe bring in someone else that's not quite as good or that game well can beat out more for rushes, um, yeah, that's that's going to be even more of a feather in his cap. So couldn't put him any lower. I got to put my my favorite player from just watching last year, Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, it was really tough. Kenny Gainwell fell just outside of my top thirty. I wanted to fit him in, but um, the 
it, it was it was just hard. There was a couple of guys that beat him out. I think I'd probably have him at 32, but you know, not crazy lower. I still believe in the talent. I'm obviously higher on um, Miles Sanders than you, so that probably mm. has a lot to do with our difference in ranking. But yep. um, but yeah, fair enough. And yeah, the rest of those I agree with everything you said there. So um, well, at number 26, I have him. A little lower than you. I think you had him around 18 or so, but... Uh, 25, so right? Oh, yes, 25. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my number 25 is going to be Leonard Fournette. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah, you know, I I do think Rashad White's going to come in and be a factor. I don't think Leonard Fournette is going to finish in the top six running backs this year. Um, and, you know, before last year, the consensus was it was pretty much washed. Now, I think a lot of that was probably a lot lack of effort, um, from coming from the Jags. Um, but you know, it was, it was kind of interesting. It kind of looked like he was going to fall out of graces, but you know, obviously last year he turned the jets back on. Um, yeah, I, I probably could be higher on him. He's what 26 or 27. He is, hold on. I've got him right here. He is 27. 27. So again, that's the age I start to worry. I don't necessarily think he's like a special talent. So I'm not thinking he's going to be one of these guys that is going to stay good or not get worse or anything like that. So, um, and I do think that Rashad white, I mean, Rashad white's probably in my top 40, um, RBs, but he's not going to make it in this episode, but I, I do think he has some talent and can, can end up usurping Leonard Fournette maybe next year, but this year I'm not concerned about that. So, um, yeah, so that's my number 25. Uh, number 26, I have Aaron Jones. So like I said, just a couple of people in between uh, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. So they aren't far off at all. But, you know, Aaron Jones, again, he's one of these 27-year-old guys. Um, and he, he has that PPR upside. But I really think, you know, goal line, all that, I think that's going to be all Dillon this year, you know. So um, I have a little bit of concern that because Aaron Rodgers lost you know, Adams and they didn't, re- I mean, they did draft two receivers, but they didn't replace him with anybody that's gonna, you know, do what Adams can do right away or probably ever. Um, you know, I do worry about that offense being a little bit less touchdown scoring. And maybe that means Aaron Jones will need to be a bigger pass catching option. I guess that's one way you could spin it, but you know, I pretty much gave my thoughts on Aaron Jones when, when I talked about Dylan. So mm-hmm. uh, that is my number 26. And then coming in at 27, I'm finally getting into some more of these rookie RBs here. It is my rookie RB number three and it's Isaiah Spiller. So, uh, you know, Nate hates this guy he feels about the same way as I do about Brian Robinson, but uh, I love the landing spot for, for, uh, for Eckler, I, I mean, for Spiller with Eckler, you know, I think the Spiller can get that first and second down work pretty early on. I mean, I don't think they want to use Eckler like they did last year. They just, they've been trying to draft somebody like Spiller. And in my opinion, they finally found the right guy. Uh, Nate's been consistently lower on Spiller. So I'm sure he has pushback on everything I'm saying right now, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling really good about Spiller and uh, I'm willing to, now that we're getting outside of our top 24 backs, I'm, I'm more willing to kind of wait on these guys a little bit more than uh, the guys that I had ranked inside my top 24. So, uh, you know, uh, Spiller there at number 27. So who do you got at 20? Oh, wait, you already gave your 25 through 27. So yep. uh, I guess I will close this out here and give my last three. Well, um, so right after Spiller, I have my fourth and final 
rookie running back that's cracking in here, and it is going to be James Cook. Um, James Cook, I'm getting more and more warm on the fact that I think he could end up being the most valuable back in that backfield this year. Now, how how valuable is that? Probably not a top 12 back. I can say that. But, uh, you know, it could be higher than a lot of people are expecting. You know, um, Josh Allen needed kind of that that safety valve option. I mean, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary just weren't cutting it in the in the passing game whatsoever. And, you know, I think this is really going to open things up for the offense as a whole. And it'll be interesting to see how many carries they give him because it's not that he did. He had a good yards per carry. It was just he's not really an in-between-the-tackles runner. We talked about all this when we did our rookie coverage, but I don't expect him to ever get more than 10 or 12 carries in the, in the NFL per game. Uh, but, you know, we've seen guys really be able to do a lot with just that pass-catching load, including Eckler in the beginning. You know, in the beginning, Eckler wasn't getting – more than 10 carries a game he was just getting like six or seven passes a game and i think uh for, for to start with i think that's something we can kind of hope for reasonably with uh with james cook uh so that is my number 28 at number 29 i got a guy that nate or oh, we're at the end here so it's no surprise not gonna have him but it's uh clyde edwards hilaire i'm still holding on i still think he's gonna be the starting running back for the kansas city chiefs Uh, He's just barely making it in here at 29. So again, not high on him. He's a, you know, RB three for me, but I do think he has a chance to be, I mean, he he's, he's done very well in the past, particularly his rookie year last year was pretty rough, but I think he has a chance to be, you know, a 15 top 15 to 20 back. Um, You know, I do think that, uh, Rojo is going to be a problem. I think it's going to be really annoying and it's going to be hard to know what games you can comfortably start Clyde, but I do think there will be really good games for Clyde this year. I don't think he's completely dust. Uh, but I do think, you know, your hopes, you know, if you were like me in one league and drafted him at the one Oh one, I think any hopes you had anywhere near there are dust and you need to give up on that and just kind of see him as your RB three. Now that's all just, just see him as your RB three and you shouldn't be too disappointed. And at number 30, my last spot we're going to cover here. This was really tough. I was going back and forth with, with, uh, with Zamir, um, you know, Damian Harris, I was considering for this spot. Uh, but the guy that ended up winning out is Kareem Hunt. And I think the reason for that for me is just, it's very dependable. Like Kareem Hunt, if he's your RB2, even though I don't have him ranked as an RB2, you can feel pretty comfortable is going to get you that 10 to 12 points that you, that you just need from your RB two. And if you build your team such that maybe you go a hero strategy and you get a really just killer, you know, if you end up with a Taylor or if you get Najee or Christian McCaffrey or whoever, and uh, you know, you want to wait on that RB two. I think he's an awesome, awesome target to, to get because he's just very dependable, very safe floor. And of course, if Nick Chubb does go down, which he has the past two seasons at some point, uh, Kareem can really come in there and just be a week to week auto start. So, uh, you know, I'd rather have him as a flex spot. That's why I have him ranked as an RB three, but again, if I'm going that hero RB strategy, I think he's a great pick and just a reliable, safe floor. And it's there's, he's 26 now, obviously he hasn't had, he took a year off from the suspension. He hasn't had crazy amounts of work. I mean, I could see him go into another team and be in the RB one next year and, you know, 
really outperforming what most 27 year olds would do in that, in that situation. So there's still that upside for him to kind of, you know, grow past this, which most guys that are 26, I don't think they have that upside of, of shooting up rankings, but I think Kareem Hunt can do that either with a Nick Chubb injury or next year going to a new team. Yeah, fair enough. I actually like a lot of what you said there, except about Clyde. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. But uh, talking actually about your previous rankings, uh, real quick on the Leonard Fournette thing, I think like 2020 really skewed a lot of people's perception on him because he had like a very down year and he ended up like RB30 something or whatever. But like bef- he was RB6 in 2021. And the year before that, in 2019, he was RB5 total. And then in 2018, the year before that, he only played eight games, but he was RB12 in points per game. So aside from 2020, like he's been an RB1 basically every season. So um, I I will defend him on that point. And about Isaiah Spiller, I'll just say if he had tested the same as Brian Robinson, I would have him ranked ahead of Brian Robinson. But he tested very, very poorly. So that's that's why I had to knock him off. Um, But they, they had like the same 40 time. Oh, no, 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 no. No, they did not. Well, that's because that's because Brian Robinson ran at the cheating combine and, and Spiller did his pro day. No, yeah, because, well, Spiller knew that he was going to suck at the combine. <laughs> I mean, and it was everything. It was vertical. It was like Spiller's not a very good athlete, um, relatively speaking anyway. So that's why I just knocked him lower. But uh, I do agree with you on the James Cook thing. I also have him at 28. Uh, he is in a fantastic position. He, I mean, being in that Bills offense, the one thing is like if they're up a whole bunch of games, I don't see him getting like the, you know, heavy workload, just toting the rock against stacked boxes. It's not really his thing, but he's an explosive playmaker that I think is going to be used heavily in that third down role. I think Singletary is going to be the first and second down guy with Cook sprinkled in for explosion because let's be honest, Singletary is a good runner, but he's not very explosive. Uh, and Cook can really add another element to their passing game and uh, offer some sort of check down for uh, Allen there. So like him at 28, uh, James Conner comes in at 29 for me. I could not leave him off the list. Uh, he was just too good last year. He's still on a very, very good offense that should be scoring a lot. Um, I do think, you know, I'm higher on Keontae Ingram than a lot of people. I do think he in the future is going to be a little bit more of a problem. But right now, I mean, Daryl Williams also got signed. I think he's going to take away some touches as well. So um, I don't think Connor's going to have the same season as he had last year, but if he has, you know, if he's anywhere close to it, you know, having him like that for the next two years, because I believe he's 27 years old, uh, you know, that's, he's a good win now player for sure. So, and rounding it out is going to be Mr. Antonio Gibson. He has definitely shown enough on the field to, for me to say that, you know, he, he could be very good these next two years, or, you know, if he goes somewhere else, if Brian Robinson does beat him out, uh, I could see him being an integral part of a rotation somewhere else because he has a lot of really good skills. But as a first and second down runner, it seems like it seems like the coaches want to go in a different direction. So I, I foresee. And the other problem is J.D. McKissick is back and he's going to be seeding a whole bunch of third down work away because that's what he did last year. So, um, you know, part of it is I, I rate Brian Robinson quite a bit higher than you. And that's why I have Antonio Gibson getting knocked down this low. But uh, he, he definitely still has value and has to crack the top 30 for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I definitely think that's too low. I mean, I have Gibson at 17, but I, I think my big surprise isn't necessarily where you have Gibson, but just that you have Brian Robinson above him already. I think that's that's probably a hot take for most people, but I like your boldness. I like that you're calling your shot, and 
you know, we'll, we'll have to see how that, how that plays out, but that is surprising. I knew that you were high on Robinson, but I didn't quite realize that you'd take him before Gibson. That's, that's pretty bold. I'd say. So, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, honestly, I think maybe James Connor, I don't know if I just forgot about him. I, he probably <laughs> could have fit at the end here, maybe over Kareem Hunt at 30. The only thing I will say is last year he had like just an inordinate, inordinate amount of touchdowns. Like it wasn't, he didn't have a, tons of yards. He didn't have a good yards per carry. He didn't really have a good season. It was just, he got so many touchdowns that it, it rocketed him up. So um, I, one hot take that I might have, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if it happens, I won't be surprised. If Daryl Williams is the most, most fantasy relevant running back in that, in, in that offense this year, I wouldn't be crazy surprised. Daryl Williams did really, really, really good with the work. Uh, you know, obviously Clyde was injured. And then even once Clyde came back, he was still kind of the guy until he got injured. So mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be surprised if Daryl Williams is a much bigger factor than a lot of people think. I think we kind of talked about this a little bit when the news happened, but um, you know, that is one reason maybe why I, I don't have uh, uh, Connor in my top 30, but certainly in redraft, he's a, he's a guy that is going to be ranked much higher than my dynasty rank. Yeah. Oh, and real quick, when we did the news, I said I was going to say my piece on Clyde. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't think you can have him. Now, nah, just, I, nah. I don't think he's going, I, he's not a guy that when everyone's healthy, I would feel comfortable starting in any sort of way because Rojo is going to get the first and second down work or the majority of it. And he's definitely going to get the goal line attempts. He's much better than Clyde at that. Clyde struggles heavily in that area. And then McKinnon was straight up better than Clyde and got the lion's share of the touches in the playoffs last year with Clyde back and supposedly healthy. And even if he's, you know, not that much better than Clyde, if their split is like 50, 50 or 60, 40, even in the passing game, then I just, I don't see enough work for Clyde to really cement himself as a guy that can start for you um, in fantasy, but definitely roster worthy, but I, I don't see him as a consistent starter anymore. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, there's, there's, you're definitely not alone in being completely out on Clyde. I mean, the, the scragglers of us that are left are, are left fighting for him as an RB3. So the situation is not great. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but, you know, at the same time, I do think that he'll, like I said, I don't think it'll be predictable. I think it'll be hard to know when, but I think he'll have some games where, where we're really, you know, I think he'll have a couple 15, 20 point, like really good games this year. And, and, you know, It'll be it'll be interesting to see though. I I, I could be wrong, uh, but you know we'll we'll see how it plays out. But mm. obviously, all of these rankings, you know, we're what three months from the season starting, but yeah. it's dynasty season. Got to get those dynasty rankings in. We're doing startups. I'm about to do a best ball, my first best ball dynasty draft here in a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, getting into that and. Uh, you know, it's, it's important to get these rankings out because we're, we're drafting our leagues right now. And so, so we, we got to get these out here and this is how we would draft the running back position as of right now. So um, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, You know, we got through our top 30 there. I think honestly, if we had the time and the, the will uh, we could probably go to like 40 to 42 guys before mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is just pointless now, you know? Mm-hmm. So I do think the running back position is a little bit deeper than it has been in years past. Would you agree with that, Nate? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of guys and with more teams doing more of this committee stuff, it lends more backs to being fantasy relevant. So all of a sudden being in a timeshare isn't an absolute death sentence. So yeah, Absolutely. I agree. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it, it becomes more trying to predict game script, you know, it just are, are, mm-hmm. are is my team gonna be up or is the team gonna be down? Like so yeah. uh and then you know, football happens and it defies what any of us thought and just completely fucks us. But that's why we love it. So uh you got anything else to add before we head on out of here, Mr. Nathan? No, I just I agree with what you said. It's like we could keep going for a ways on these players because a lot of good ones just did not get mentioned here. But uh yeah, I mean like you know, a lot of people are really high on Tony Pollard. I mean, Damien Harris, 25-year-old Damien Harris, they keep yeah. bringing in running backs into, into the Patriots' backfield, and he just keeps being the best one. So, um, yeah, there's a guy I didn't mention. Jacobs came in at 31 for me. So just a lot of really good players still available. But, uh, yeah, this is our top 30, and we hope you liked it. For sure. Well, be sure to let us know your your favorite takes, your least favorite takes, all of that. And, uh, you know, next week, of course, we'll be jumping into wide receivers. We'll probably do 30 of those. That is the deepest position. Maybe we'll try to fit in 36. I don't know. Uh, but it's a lot of names. <laughs> it is. It's a lot. But, you know, it, it is. There's a lot of guys to talk about. Certainly, we could probably end up doing like a whole episode on just like guys that we want to talk about outside of our top 30. Yeah. Ranking whatever you know so yeah, we'll do a sleepers episode <laughs> yeah sure. um so yeah looking forward to that we'll do our tight end rankings after that and just a little bit of a peek forward the fantasy football dogs is gonna have its first guest on in a couple of weeks here um we're gonna have a fantasy writer friend of ours in a couple of leagues of ours and actually a friend of mine from college uh mr uh on twitter he's roto not but his name's josh walker and so uh we will um be doing that here in like three weeks we think so just to be on the lookout for that and uh you know thanks as always for rocking with us be sure to like subscribe comment do all the things that make us happy and we will appreciate you greatly um (laughs) is that all we're that all we're gonna say we're done I think we're all out of energy. We're all tapped out. So all right. (laughs) Thank you all for coming. (laughs) In that case for Nate this is Josiah Fantasy Dogs, out. <laughs>